0: Can you stand up with me and I just want to take a, a second before we begin you can take me down a little bit Al and I just want to I just want to give the Lord some praise in this place this morning can we do that because I want to tell you you might be going through some things today I know there's some people going through some things but in the midst of your trouble in the midst of your, your situation you're facing, you can still give God glory. Amen. You can still worship him because we're not, we're not thankful for what we're going through, but we're thankful that he takes us through. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Lord God, we thank you. We're thankful people. Lord, we thank you. And let's just, let's just pray together. We thank you, Lord God for 2019 and all the things that you did in our lives during the course of that year. But Lord, we thank you that you've got greater things in store for us in the future. And Lord, I know there's some people going through some things today, but Lord God, we thank you in the midst of our storm of this life. We thank you that we have hope. Hope that's seen is not hope, but Lord, we have a hope in a future in heaven. And we thank you, Lord God, we even have hope in this earth because of what you've given to us, because of the what you've made available to us in the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. Um, if you want to take your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter 10. Hope you had a good Christmas. And it was wide open at our house for the last couple of weeks. And I'm glad it's, it's going to start to slow down now, hopefully. I, I know one guy, he... he Put on Facebook, he said, My kids have been home for two days. I've already threatened to cancel Christmas three times. And I, I could relate to that. Um, but it's it was a fun time. But I've got a I've got a message this morning that's been kind of stuck in my heart. You know, sometimes you get these things, you get a word that's just stuck in your heart, it's stuck in your spirit, and you keep hearing this word, and, and, and the Lord keeps speaking this to me. And so anyway, I've got this thing stuck in my head and it's a bit like a song that gets stuck in your head. You ever get those songs stuck in your head and you're just like, man, I can't. I, I had this happen to me a few years ago when my kid, my girls were little and the movie Frozen came out. You remember that movie, right? And, and uh, my kids got the DVD and we had that thing on repeat every day for about a year. I would get up in the morning to get, get a cup of coffee and I could hear singing let it go, let it go. I look around, where is that? No, it's in my head. I'd I'd be driving to work. I could hear it in my head. I could hear every part of the song. I knew it so well. Let it go, let it go. I wanted to let it go. I wanted to get rid of that thing. Um, But finally, eventually it went away. I mean, I was having dreams at night of Elsa and Anna and all, it was just too much. And finally it went away. And now my three-year-old has discovered Frozen and I am... It's, it's back in my head. Let it go. But I, I want to, you know, I was thinking about this and, and we need to get some things stuck in our heads. We need to get this word stuck, so stuck in our spirit that when you go to bed at night, you hear the word of God playing through your mind. And when you get up in the morning, you got that word in your mouth. And when you when you're driving to work, you got that word in you. You need to be stuck in you like that, like that song that won't go away. You just, But how do you get it in there? By hearing it over and over and over. Isn't that how faith comes? Faith comes by hearing, amen? And so my goal this morning is to help you get some things stuck in your head. I want you to leave here this morning with not Anna and Elsa, but I want you to leave here with the word of God stuck in your head, amen? And um, you know this is, this is really how both faith and unbelief work. The Lord wants the word of God in you so that faith will come out of you. The devil wants unbelief and fear in you, so that's what'll come out of you. Because if all you think about is worry, all you think about is fear, all you think about is what could go wrong, and you live in that fear, what's gonna come out of your mouth? Fear and unbelief. But if you got the word of God in you, and you're going through a trial, you're going through a situation, what's gonna come out of you? Faith's gonna come out of your mouth because you got this word in you. So I wanna help you get some stuff stuck in you this morning. And I want you to look at John chapter 10, verse 10. And this, this word has been in me like nothing else. And it says this, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. And I've, I spoke about this, I think last month about the abundant life and supernatural power, but I really, I'm, I'm stuck on this abundant life. And what does that mean? And, and living an abundant life the way Jesus called us to live it. You know, some people say life is hard. John Wayne said, life is hard, it's harder if you're stupid. And there's, there's some truth to that. You know, the world's way of doing life is hard. You know, they, they spin their wheels, it's never, they're never making any progress, it's hard. Life is hard and then you die, right? But that's not how, that's, that's the world's way of doing life. But God's way of life, doing life isn't hard. The way, the way Jesus called us to live is not hard. If it is, you're doing it wrong. Amen. So we're going to talk about this this morning. I told one of my kids the other day, you know, one of those, one of these moments around Christmas, it's just like, calm down, kids, calm, just calm down a little bit, you know, and, and he was having some trouble. And I said, I said, look, if you don't start obeying me, life is going to be really hard for you. And I thought, man, that's the same with us, isn't it? The only reason life is hardest is we got trouble obeying what this word says. If we would just do what this word says, there would be no trouble. But the trouble comes when we start doing things our way. All right, you with me? So the thief comes to steal, to kill, destroy. But Jesus said, I've come so that you can have life. Say life. life. And not just life but a certain kind of life. He says, I want you to have an abundant life. What's that mean? What's that that look like? The word abundant, it means this. If you look it up in the original language in, in Greek, it means super abundant, greater, superior, beyond anticipated, having an advantage, preeminence. All those things are tied up in that word abundant. It's the greater life. God's got a greater life for you than you're living right now. God's got even more in store for you than what you're living right now. See, the problem is we just got to learn how to do life his way. We got to learn how to do things his way. Um, you know, when Jesus was on this earth, if people came to him, because see, a lot, of, a lot of people look at a word like this, abundant life, they say, yes, he gives us abundant life in heaven. That'll be terrific. When Jesus was on this earth, he was living an abundant life. And if people came to him and needed something, he didn't say, well, just hold on a few more weary days and one day you'll get to heaven and then you'll have an abundant life. Did he do that? When people came and needed something, he did it for them because he was living an abundant life. He was living in the kingdom of God right now. And so he had access to the things of God. Is this making sense? I want you to flip over to Galatians chapter three. See, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We were under the curse. Jesus came to destroy the curse. He came to remove it, but it didn't stop there. Look what it says, Galatians chapter three, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Because it's written, everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. So there was a prophecy or, a, or a, really a word in the law back many, many generations before Jesus that said, if, if someone's hung on a tree, they are under a curse. Well, it'd be bad to be hung on a tree anyway, but on top of it, you get cursed. That's not very fu- nice. Who wants to do that? But you got cursed on top of it. So Jesus came, but that word was spoken for Jesus because when he came, they hung him up on a tree so that he could become a curse. Why did he become a curse? See, a lot of people stop with that verse. He became a curse for us. Well, good, but there was a reason for it. He wasn't just coming to become a curse. Look what the rest of that says. The purpose, there was a purpose behind it. The purpose was that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Christ Jesus so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. There was a reason Jesus became a curse for us. So the curse could be broken. Yes, that's just part of it. The curse was broken so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon you and you could receive the Holy Spirit. That's some good news right there. Come on. Come on. Now you guys are gonna be staying up till midnight on New Year's Eve, aren't you? You can, you can stay up till midnight. You can stay up right now. Wake yourself up. Come on, this is exciting news. Jesus became a curse for us so that we could receive the blessing. Amen, that's good. Amen. I, wanna, I wanna take a look. I, wanna, I want you to catch this this morning because I, I feel like this is something that we really need to take hold of. We're talking about the abundant life. What enables you to live the life Jesus was talking about is the blessing. When the blessing comes on you, you're able to live the life that God's called you to live. See, a lot of people are trying, they try to do things in their own strength. Well, I'm called to live an abundant life. Praise God, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. No, no, no. You just gotta, you gotta start receiving the blessing by faith. Start walking by faith, living by faith. Look over here at Genesis chapter 12. And I wrote this message a couple weeks ago, knowing that this week was gonna be nutso at my house. And um And I've been hearing this message a lot this week from different people, um, different things I've been listening to, just the the blessing of God. And I feel like the Lord wants us to catch this. Look at what he says in Genesis chapter 12. In verse, verse two, God's speaking to Abraham about what he's going to do for him, about the blessing. This is the blessing of Abraham. He says, I'm gonna make you into, what does he say? A great nation. I'm gonna bless you. I'll make your name, what? I'm gonna make, remember what, remember what abundant means. It means great. He says, I'm gonna make your name great. And you will be a what? You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who treat you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you, I want you to know something. You've got that same blessing. Jesus became a curse for you so that the blessing of Abraham could come on you. What's the blessing of Abraham? We just read it. He's going to make you into a great people. He's going to make your name great. No, a lot of people. A lot of people don't like this because they say, "Wait a minute. No, that's, that sounds a little proud. That sounds a little arrogant. I don't need. I don't need all that." You don't need all that the word of God has for you. Why not? You're too, see, that's really, we think it's humility, but it's really a sense of pride by saying, I don't need what God has for me, I'll, I'll be okay on my own. No, I need what God has for me, amen? amen. See, we wanna, try to, we wanna try to take things and make them fit our perception and make them fit what we think, the way, the way we think they should be used. You know, a lot of people have trouble with this. They use things the wrong way. You ever read the warning labels on things? Why, what are you doing with that? I, I, found some, I found some warning labels that are just kind of interesting. Um, and it, I was reading through these and I'm like, every one sounds like a Jeff Foxworthy joke. And I don't know what people are doing, but it's, it's got to be a redneck doing some of these things. But somebody saw on a, a warning label on a wheelbarrow and it said, not intended for highway use. I can just see some, some redneck duct-taping that thing to the bumper and then suing the company because the tire failed when he got to 70. And so they had to put a warning label, don't use it on the highway, redneck. On a, on a baby stroller, remove child before folding. I, they, they fold a lot easier when you take, I've tried to do it before. Um, I, I, some of these, I don't know, on Apple's website, I think this could be confusing because it's an Apple product, so you think it's editable. It's not a real Apple, but they put on their iPod Shuffle, do not eat iPod Shuffle. That means someone must have tried to eat that thing, and it, maybe they choked on it. So they got to put a warning label, don't eat it because it's little. Uh, somebody, okay, now this one is definitely a redneck. On a carpenter's drill, someone saw a warning label not intended for use as a dental drill. Listen... Let me me do a Jeff Foxworthy here. If if all of your dentist, dental equipment was purchased at Home Depot, (laughs) you might be a redneck, right? Okay. Um, You're using it it wrong. You're using it wrong. Um, Somebody saw on a jet ski, never use a lit match to check fuel level. That means somebody did it. On a dishwasher, do not allow children to play in the dishwasher. I'm actually guilty of that because my kids love it, and they get a bath at the same time. <laughs> on the on a vanishing vanishing ink marker, I think that's the kind the kids would use, you know. And it it says on there should not be used for signing checks or legal documents. <laughs> I I wouldn't even have thought of that, but it's a great idea, isn't it? Here, IRS is your check. Um, on a hair dryer, do not use while sleeping. And last one, on a fish hook, harmful if swallowed. Just ask the fish, right? Um, but see, here's my point. We, we use things the wrong way. And we take something like the, the word of God and we want to use it the way we want it to be used. We want it to fit our religious mindset. You know, I don't think the blessings really made to, to make people great anymore. That was just for a, well, okay. Use it the way you want it to be used. But you want to use it the right way. Do what the word says. See, we try to take something and redesign it. But God told Abraham what the blessing was going to do for him. Did that blessing work? It did exactly what it was intended to do. The the word of God will work, but you got to receive it by faith. You got to act on the word by faith because see, it's not enough just to hear this word and say, okay, amen, amen, and then not do anything with it. You got to act on it. See, people couldn't, this is, this is the thing. God told Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. Here's what he was telling him. Nobody can stop you. Nothing can stop you, Abraham, from being blessed. Somebody comes at you and wants to curse you. I'm going to flip it around. You're going to be blessed no matter what because your blessing is not dependent on people. Yeah, you can write that down. Your blessing is not dependent on, on other people. There's nothing that can stop you from walking in the blessing and favor of God. Except for you. Because the word is here for you. If you believe it and act on it, you can receive it. Amen? So God told Abraham, nobody can stop you. No situation could stop him. No demon in hell could stop him. But you gotta do something with this word. I want you to flip over a few pages to Genesis 26. I want you to see what the blessing is did for Abraham's son, Isaac. Isaac had the blessing on him. And in verse one, it starts off this chapter by saying there was a famine, another famine in the land, in addition to the one that had occurred in Abraham's time. So in the time of Abraham, there was one famine. Now there's another one. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, The Lord appeared to him and said, don't go to Egypt, live in the land I tell you about, stay in this land as a foreigner, and I will bless you, I'll be with you and bless you. And he goes on and says, I'll confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. And he goes on to reaffirm that blessing on him. And look what happens now, look down at verse 12. Isaac sowed seed in that land in that year. Now let me just stop and ask a question. How many of us would be sowing in a time of famine? You know what most people would be doing in a time of famine? They're not going to be sowing. They're going to be worrying. They're going to be full of anxiety. They're going to be full of anxiousness. They're going to be full of fear. What am I going to do? How am I going to get by? But Isaac had the blessing working in his life. And so he did something with it. It's not enough just to hear there's a blessing on you. You got to do something with it. You got to sow. Sowing is the key to receiving the blessing in your life. And so look what happens. He sows seed in that year and he reaped a hundred times what was sown. The Lord blessed him and they became very rich and kept getting richer until he was very wealthy. But he sowed in this, in a time of famine, he sowed and he reaped. Nobody else I bet was sowing during that time. There was a story that came out years ago, the, the faith like potatoes. Anybody see this movie? Faith like potatoes, a few of you, I tried to watch it and I, I fell asleep, but I'm sure it was good. But the guy, the guy he, he had some potatoes, I guess, and he put them in the ground in a time when it should not have been grown potatoes and he grew a bunch of potatoes, because he had faith and he believed that if he sowed, he was gonna reap. And see, the blessings on you, just like it was on Isaac and just like it was on Abraham, and nothing can stop you. The situation in the, in the world can't stop you. People can't stop you from being walking in the blessing. The devil can't stop you from being blessed. The devil can't stop you from living the abundant life. See, I'm talking about the abundant life. God has more in store for you than you're living. He's got even greater. Why does he want us to live greater lives? Because when you're living the way he intended, it's going to draw people to him. People are going to see you living and say, man, I want want what that guy's got. Are you with me? See, you're not here just to scrape by. You've got a high calling. I believe every one of you have a high calling on your life. You have have something God has positioned you for and made you for uniquely, and he's got something big in store for your life, but you got to start walking in this blessing because you can't do it in the natural. You can't fulfill the call that God has in your life in the natural because it's too big for you. It's bigger than what you can do on your own. You're going to need the Holy Spirit's power and the blessing of God functioning in your life. Mm. See, there's, there's people in here that God's called you to do some things, but you think, man, I can't do that because I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not, uh, I'm not educated enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough whatever, time, all this stuff. And you think, no, I can't do it because I don't. No, stop looking at what you don't. Get your eyes off of you and start getting your eyes on Jesus, because he's the one that's called you, and he's the one that will make you able to do it. See, kids don't know there's stuff they can't do. When kids are little, when my, my one-year-old right now, I spend most of my time at home taking him off of things that he's climbed up on top of, right? He, he's up on top. I don't even know how he gets up there. He's up on the top of the the couch sitting by the wall. I'm like, no, you know, you get back down and, and just, just moving him and moving him and moving him because he doesn't know that there's something, he's, he doesn't know there's anything he can't do until he falls. And then what happens when he falls? Now that fear kicks in. He says, oh, I shouldn't do that. So some, some parents just let him fall. Maybe I should just do that. Let him fall and you don't have to worry about it too much. But they get that fear in them. And then as soon as that fear kicks in, they think, no, I can't do it. I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. And so what happens is what we let, what we can do, we let our abilities, we let fear dictate to us how we're gonna live. And we live most of the time, most people, most Christians are living out of fear. I don't want to do this because this might happen. I don't want to do that because no, no, no. Stop living out of fear and start living the way God's called you to live. Come on. Maybe you fell down before. Maybe something happened. In the past. No, come on. Get your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and and finisher of your faith. You got some faith in you this morning. Don't tell me you don't have enough. All you got to do is have a little bit. Start using what God's put in you, all right? Because when you're, listen, when you're functioning in a blessing, you're not looking at what you have. You're not looking at your resources. You're not looking at what you can do. You're looking at what he can do for you. Okay? So Isaac what did Isaac have to do to get a hundredfold return? He had to sow some stuff. You got to start sowing. And I'm not just talking about finances here. This is not a financial only message. You got to start sowing. And primarily the way you sow is with your mouth. I want to talk about this now, but most most people in a time of famine, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be hoarding, aren't they? I got to keep it. I got to keep it. I got to keep it for myself. No, and if if you're going through a situation... You sow even harder. You sow even more. You give even more. Man, you might be going through Let's just take finances for a minute. You might be going through maybe whatever, some kind of situation, you lost a job or you don't, it doesn't seem like you have enough or whatever, you sow even harder and God's gonna bless you because you're not looking at what you have in your resources, but you're looking at him. I wasn't gonna say this, but I'll I'll say it. I I was in bed the other night. I woke up real early in the morning, like four o'clock in the morning and the Lord started speaking to me. And he said, Dave, what would you do if I gave you a bunch of money? I like that question. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, Lord. And I started giving the Lord my plan. Well, Lord, if you gave me a bunch of money, you know, I would do, I would tithe, you know, and I would do this and I'd I'd pay this. And I, you know, I started giving the Lord my whole plan. I gave it all. and And I felt like he wasn't impressed with my plan. I said, well, you know, I didn't hear, I didn't hear anything. Okay. And so I said, well, you know, and I'd give, I'd give some away and all this, and I still didn't feel like he was very impressed. I thought it was a very good answer. And I, I just kind of laid there for a minute, and I said, well, Lord, what, what should I do? And, I, and for, well, actually, first I asked him, well, how much money are we talking about? And he didn't tell me anything. And... and um, it makes a difference, you know? It's a, what's a bunch of money, you know? And to me, it might be a couple hundred dollars. Um, to some people, it might be a lot more than that. But I, I said, well, how much money are we talking about, Lord? And, um, and, and he didn't answer me, so anyway, I said, what should I, what, that's not the right answer, is it? He said, no, it's not the right answer. I said, what's the right answer? He said, you should do whatever I tell you to do with it. See, it's obedience. It's being obedient with what he's given to us, whether it's, whether it's big or small. Whatever it is in your life Be obedient with what God's given to you. As you sow, he'll give you more. He'll he'll entrust you with more, whether it's finances, whether it's responsibility. um, In my case, children, um, that kind of thing. He'll give give you more, so be careful. (laughs) Um, But listen, faith can sow in a time of famine because it doesn't depend on outside circumstances. So you need to start sowing. I want you to flip over to Mark chapter four, and we've been going through some things in our Wednesday night class. We just we just finished about the law of confession. And I want to share a couple things because I feel like this sewing, this is this is a primary, the primary way you sow is with your mouth. And the words that you speak, and confessing the word of God over your situations. And I want to share a couple of things with you. And I want you to look at Mark chapter 4, and this is the parable of the sower. And you know this story, Jesus, Jesus tells this parable about a sower. He says, A sower went out to sow. And as he went, And he tells the story about the seed that falls on different paths and different things. And and at the end, it says, some fell on good ground and it produced a crop that increased 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. And if you got ears, you should listen. And look down at verse 13. He starts to explain the parable. And he says, if you don't understand this parable, you won't won't get any of them. But here's what he says in verse 14. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Say word. Word. The word. You can be a sower today. You should be a sower. And you should be sowing some things. You should be sowing the word. Because the word, now listen, what word are you going to sow? But the word will always produce something. The word always produces something in your life. You can sow words of bitterness and you'll grow some hate in your life, you can sow words of uh, fear and doubt and unbelief and you'll reap fear and doubt and unbelief and you'll reap whatever you sow. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Or you can sow the word of God in faith and you'll receive back a hundredfold. 30, what does he say? 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. But the sowers gotta sow the word. You've got some seed in you. You've got some seed in you. You may, not, you may feel like you don't have a lot of seed, but you got some seed. If you don't feel like you got enough, go, go find some. What's my seed? I need to sow some seed. You speak the word of God and you're sowing seed. Your words bring life or death. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat It's fruit, the power of life and death, or some translations say death and life are in your tongue, your life, and not just, not just life, but abundant life are in your tongue. Your abundant life is in your tongue because why out of the abundance of the heart, what does the mouth do? The mouth speaks. I want you to look at that real quick. Go to Matthew chapter 12. See, we're talking about the blessing today. We're talking about living the abundant life that God has for you, but it only is accessed by faith. You gotta speak some things in faith. You guys still awake? Come on, this is is good now. This is a good word. Look at verse 33, Matthew 12. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and it's fruit bad because a tree is known by what? It's fruit. And he says brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you're evil? You can't do it. The mouth speaks from the overflow of what? Your mouth will declare whatever your heart believes. So if your heart believes this word, when you get a report from the doctor that says, you ain't gonna make it, what does your heart believe? If your heart believes this word, you say no, no, no. I uh, I am because I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's what the word declares. You know, when when um, you know the when it looks like there's there's going to be lack and not enough, you say no, no. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. You gotta, but your heart has to believe what your mouth speaks, because whatever is in you is going to come out when there's pressure. You ever squeeze? something, fruit, dog, whatever, and something comes out when you squeeze it. Dog juice. I was with, I was with, um, oh, what's his name? the uh, Joel Hitchcock in in uh, somewhere, I forget where we were overseas in, in a Spanish speaking country, uh, Dominican Republic, I think. And, and um, he went up to the, the, little, the little shop where they had some juice. He was preaching that night and he said, I want some uh, pear juice, but he's trying to order it in Spanish. He's like, "Dave, how do you say that?" I'm like, "You got the wrong. You're asking the wrong guy. I don't know some wago way or something and ju- jugo, juice. and so he's ordering something and and he orders it and he says he wants some pear juice, but his the guy's eyes got really big because he was asking for for perro juice, which is dog. He wanted dog juice, and the guy, I don't know what I don't have any of that. I don't know what you want. Um, anyway, I got off sub- subject here, um, but he says. He says, the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Now look at this. A good man produces good things from his storeroom of good. And an evil man produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. And he says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you're acquitted. By your words, you're condemned. There's a lot there. But let me just say this. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks and produces something for you. So, either it will produce good or it will produce bad based on what you believe in your heart. See, how were you saved? Listen, we have no problem with this when it comes to salvation because how were you saved? It it says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, for with the, um, yeah, better look there. I'm going to mess it up. You can, uh, okay, Romans 10, go there. Getting jumbled here. Okay, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. How are you saved? You confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, but that's not good enough. If someone, if if we just start getting people through here, hey, say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Okay, you're go, you're saved. No, you're not. Just because you say Jesus is Lord is not enough. Something else has to come into play here. Where does that, what's that part? For... um, with the mouth okay if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved see if your mouth just speaks something your heart doesn't believe it doesn't do anything for you but if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead you'll be saved for with the mouth confession is made resulting in salvation but with the heart it results in righteousness so the mouth the mouth and the heart got to work together. Yes. These things go together. If you say stuff you don't believe, people say stuff they don't believe all the time, don't they? Oh, I'm just dying to go there. No, you're not. Are you? You know, um, I'm just, uh, oh, I was, in, I was in a store the other day. I told my class this. I was in a store the other day and um, walked up to the counter and I heard the conversation going on with the, some of the ladies and stuff that were there. And one of them said, Man, it's just that time of year. Any time there's any kind of sickness, everybody in this store gets it. Really? Every, everybody in the store gets sick. Every time there's a sickness, if you, if you believe it, you can receive it. I'll agree with you. You know? But that's how, people, that's how people talk. Start talking what you believe in your heart. What do you believe in your heart? It should be this word get this word stuck in you that God's got a greater life for you, that you don't have to be walking around sick and broke and busted all the time, that you can start living the greater life that God's intended for you. Because people, I'll tell you what, the the, the world needs you to start living the way God intended. Because they need to see Christ in you, that there's power, that this isn't just a gospel of words, it's a gospel of power. But the power isn't released until you start walking in what he has for you. Come on, I'm getting fired up now. Don't shout me down. Okay, um, you've got the blessing on you. You know, someone says, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just so anxious all the time. I'm just so worried all the time. I'm just so..." No, stop declaring what you what you feel like, and start declaring what the Word of God says. I thank you, Lord. I have your peace. You start feeling anxiety come up. No, Lord, I thank. I'm in the blessing. I thank you. I have your peace, oh God. I'm not. Your blessing is not determined by what's going on around you. Have I said that before? Let me say it again. It's not determined by what's going on around you. Start living in the blessing now. I heard, a, I heard, I heard this the other day. A guy, was, a guy I know was, was preaching. I saw it on, on Facebook. And um, he was preaching. and It sounded really good. He put a little clip on there. And I was watching the clip. I'm like, man, that sounds good because it was exactly what I had been teaching in my class. I'm like, man, that's, that's awesome. It was really good. And he said this. He said, in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, waiting to hear the word of God, let there be light. And then the spirit would go, turn on the light switch, right? The Holy Spirit was waiting on the word from God. But then the guy said this, he said the spirit is still hovering over your situation, over your problems, over your whatever, your, your fear, over all, all this different stuff, waiting on the word of God to turn on the switch. I thought, no, that's, that's wrong. You missed it. He's not waiting on, God's already spoken the word. Now he's waiting on you to declare this word in faith. God already spoke everything he needs to speak. Now you start declaring it by faith and take hold of what he's done and then the Holy Spirit goes to work. Are you with me? Your words are so important. What you speak is so important because it declares your faith. God, I'm believing your word and Jesus is up there. Amen, let's do it. The Holy Spirit's going to work because you declared something in faith. Look at how it, this is how it works in in, um, Jesus' time. I want you to flip over real quick. Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five, the woman with the issue of blood. See, I I want you to hear something. The Lord is not waiting on, we're not waiting on the Lord's word, he's waiting on our word. The Holy Spirit is waiting on us to speak his word. Look what he says, Mark chapter five, in verse 25, a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under the doctors. Doctors like to, they'll torture you. She spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came before him or came behind him in the crowd and touched his robe and listened to what she said. For she said, if I can just touch his robes, I'll be made well. She spoke something, didn't she? Now I want, to, I want you to understand something. What if she had spoke, I don't know if this will work, but let's give it a go. What if she had said, you know, I really, I really doubt this will do anything because a doctor said there's no hope, but let's go ahead and try. Do you, see, do you see the faith that she spoke versus how some of us speak sometimes? Well, I don't know. I guess, I guess we better pray. I, don't, I guess we don't have anything else left to do. Might as well just pray and hope that God does something. Is that what we're, that's not how we're supposed to act. That's not faith. So look at what she says. If I can touch his robes, I'll be made well. So she did it. Verse 29, instantly her flow of blood ceased. Instantly, she sensed in her body she was cured of her affliction. At once Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my robes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you and you say, who touched me? But he was looking around for who did it. And the woman, knowing what had happened, came to her. Uh, he, and the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came with fear and trembling. She fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Listen to what he says. Daughter, your faith has made you well. He doesn't say, woman, the grace of God has made you well, but the grace of God was there. He doesn't say, woman, the power of the Holy Spirit in me has made you well. Did he? But that's what, that's what was happening. He didn't say to her, woman, woman, The love of God made you well. No, but the love of God was there. But what made her well? Her faith. Jesus didn't even say, woman, my faith has made you well. Because that's not what it was. It was her faith. Your faith goes out and gets what the word of God says. Your faith goes out and gets the blessing, the promises of God. Your faith goes after the abundant life and takes hold of it. You got to do it by faith. See, look, we got to start declaring some stuff by faith. It started with her mouth. It started with what she spoke. She, she believed it in her heart. And so she spoke it. What are you speaking? What you say matters. What you say matters because it reveals what you believe Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." So she made her faith declaration and went after it. Look, the promises are here for everybody. Salvation is here for everybody. Does everybody get saved? No, why not? They gotta do something with it. Power's in this room, but you can't get it until you plug into the wall. He's got, he's got the promises, the blessings for you, but you got to take hold of it by faith and say, no, no, no. Devil, you can't have my family. Devil, you can't have, you can't have my finances. Devil, you can't have my health because, because I have the blessing of God on me. Nothing can stop me. Your boss at work can't stop you. That's good news. Nobody can stop you, but you, you got to start believing this word. You guys alive. Come on. So Jesus says your faith made you well. Doubt does not let you access the promises of God. You don't access the God with doubt and unbelief, do you? You ask those Israelites that were wandering through the the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't access the promises, did they? Because they were full of doubt and unbelief. But you've got the blessing on you. And what's the purpose of the blessing? so that you can be a blessing and so that, the, so that the promises of God will come on you and God can fulfill his word and his will for your life. Yeah. I want you to flip over Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. And I'm getting ready to, to close soon. If you worship team, you wanna get ready. Ephesians one I want you to look at this with me. Verse three. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who, what? What does it say? Read that with me. He has blessed us. Say that again. Has blessed us. It's not, you notice it's not in the, in the future tense. It's in the past tense. He has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing you've got everything you need already he's already done it listen when when Jesus we just celebrated Christmas when Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross it was it was how many years ago about about 2,000 years ago right but what does the bible call him in revelation the lamb slain when before the foundation of the earth so when did Jesus die 2,000 years ago or before the foundation of the earth. Well, if you're God, he did it before the foundation of the earth. Jesus had already died. So in God's timetable, he doesn't finish something and he doesn't start something until he finishes it. So it was already done. He looked at the world and he saw what was gonna happen and he made a a way for salvation. He made a way for the blessing to come back on this earth and to come back on you before he even created the world. So when when God sees something, he sees it as done. So when are you blessed? Right now, you're already blessed. Oh, but I'm going through something terrible, right? No, you're already blessed. He's already done it for you. All you have to do is take it by faith. See, that's where a lot of people get messed up. They're waiting for God to do something. They're a lot like the guy who was waiting by the pool at Bethesda, right? And remember that story in the Bible, he's waiting by this pool waiting for the waters to be moved. Cause what's going to happen when the waters get moved? The per- first person in the water gets healed. So he's sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and that's a lot like, that's like a lot of Christians. They're sitting, waiting, hoping that God's going to do something, but no, he's already done it. He's already done everything. All we got to do is take hold of it by faith. Come on. That's like a stand up and shout right there. God's already done it. He, he didn't say, I, he's going to bless you with every spiritual blessing. He will bless you one day in heaven with every, it says he's already done it. Yes. Amen. But I don't feel like it. That's okay. You don't have to feel like it. He's already done it, but I don't see it. That's okay. He's already done it. Yeah, but my, my, my jobs and this and that. No, it's all, he's already done it. Start receiving it by faith. Ah, but I just feel sick. It doesn't matter how you feel. He's already done it, amen? amen. Ah, but I just feel depressed. I feel, I feel worried. I feel anxiety, all the No, 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 he's already done it. You're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is inside you. Good. The kingdom of God is in you. So God wants you living the greater life. He wants you to live in the abundant life, but you gotta take hold of it by faith. Let me read this again, what he said to Abraham. And I want you, as I read this, I want you to receive it. This is for you today, because you might be in here. I know some people are going through some stuff. You're in here this morning. I want you to know God has blessing for your life. He has already blessed you, but I'm going through something, but that's okay. He's already blessed you. He's made a way for you to be blessed. He's made a way for you to walk in the the presence of God. He's made a way for you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. No, it's okay if you don't feel like it. Receive it by faith. Listen to what he says to Abraham. I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and I will curse those who treat you with contempt and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Listen, God's gonna gonna bless you and so many times we talk about this blessing and all people think about is is the excess, the excess of, of, of greed and all this stuff. We're not talking about greed, we're talking about the hand of God on your life and everything that you touch and it touches every part of your life and why does he do that? So that you can be a blessing to other people. Because when the blessing's on you and you're walking in the promises of God, man, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. You can be a blessing everywhere you go. You see sick people, you can bless them and heal them in the name of Jesus and bring them healing in the name of Jesus. You you see someone with needs, that's okay. All your needs are met so you can take care of somebody else's needs. He wants to make you a blessing. He wants to give you favor. He wants to shine his face on you. Stop acting like you're unworthy because he's made you worthy. Stand up with me. And I want us this morning as we close to just make a a faith declaration because this morning I believe that sowing with your mouth is the key to receiving the blessing. And I want you to declare this with me. Just say this, say, thank you, Jesus, that you took the curse for me and you've given me the blessing. I take hold of the blessing by faith and I declare that nothing and no one can stop me. No demon in hell can stop me. No person can stop me. No situation can stop me from what you've called me to do. I declare I am a blessing to those around me all the time. I'm living the abundant life. It's a greater life. I thank you that you have greater in store for me. And people will be drawn to you as a result. So, right now, just lift your hands with me. Lord Jesus, we just thank you this morning that we are under the blessing of God. We are no longer under the curse, but you've made us heirs of the blessing. And this morning we receive all that you have for us. Oh God, we want to be living the greater life. We want to be living the abundant life that you have for us, Lord. Not, not sick and broken and, 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 and broken down, but Lord, we thank you that you've got greater in store for us For each person in this place, we thank you, Lord God, that the hand of God is on them, the favor of God is on them, and we thank you that you have blessed them already and that you are making them a blessing everywhere they go. In the name of Jesus, somebody say amen.